Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of the Believe in UCLA football podcast. My name is James Williams, an editor and reporter for the Orange County Register. I'm also here with my co-host, former UCLA linebacker, Josh Woods. What's going on, man? Thriving, blessed, is ready for this. I mean, we're at, we're at this time, we're probably, like, what, 10 days? By yeah. this time next weekend, it'll be time for some UCLA football. I've been saying it for, like, I feel like mm-hmm. I've been saying it every week, leading up. Yeah. But, I mean, it's time. It finally is time. I literally, uh, right before this podcast started, I got an email um, that announced, like, the, I'm not going to say the times and the days and whatever, but, like, the game week like schedule like it's happening like they're like here's you know here's what we're doing for game week in terms of like practice times and whatnot so that was pretty exciting and that was really a kind of like a hey like the season starts next week um so they'll be starting that off at the beginning of the week and i'm excited to get out there as much as i can to see what they have going on we did talk to chip kelly and he did mention that they have kind of looked at some film already and kind of have some things um, they looked at, but they'll really kind of be diving into it a little bit more on Monday here and having a better idea of kind of what they're going to be getting themselves into uh, with this opposing offense and defense. But one thing that stood out to me uh, yesterday when uh, the UCLA football players announced it, and they actually did a pretty good job because they hyped it up a little bit. A few of them, a few of the players, Carl Jones, uh, Jay Toya, and, and Moffy, maybe a few other guys kind of were were teasing it a bit. And I was like, uh, what like what are you guys doing? What's going on? And this was I this like got on my radar, and I think it might have kind of been out there already, but it they were saying, Oh, the whole team can benefit from this NIL-wise. And this is like two hours after I or maybe the day before. My my time's all messed up, but it was shortly after Bosco announced the opportunity for everyone on, on their high school team, St. John Bosco, to get some sort of NIL deal. So I'm like, uh, what is this? What's going on? Like, is it the same company? I'm just like, I don't know what's going on. Anyway, so um, they came out with their announcement and it was uh, listed as at least 75, at least 75 players being involved in what they are calling the Westwood NIL club. And they had a little teaser video, just kind of not a teaser video, but just kind of an introduction video. And Carl Jones was on there. Martin Andrus was on there. Uh, Moffy was on there. Garrett DiGiorgio was on there. And maybe like one or two other guys that I'm, Oh, Stephen Blaylock was on there. So they had a few guys on there. Um, So they currently have, almost close to a thousand dollars at this point so far, just in donations from 23 different people. They came came out with it uh, yesterday evening. So still just kind of the first day or so it's pretty well organized. Just looking at the site. And I think it's a really cool idea um, and initiative that they have going on. I'm not sure who's um, who's backing it, not who's backing it, but like who's supporting it in terms of the website and stuff like that, or, or if the players are kind of doing that themselves, I don't know if there was any uh, techie code guys on the team or the roster, but 
Um, they got someone knocking out and producing a pretty solid looking website for them. Um, it, again, it is the Westwood NIL Club. And just in short, it's called the WNC. Um, and you guys can go ahead and support and check them out over at westwoodnilclub.com. Um, I'm just going to read a little bit of what they're offering, Josh, and then you can just kind of react. Um, let us know what your kind of thoughts are on it. Um, just let me find the details here. Um, one thing that stood out about me or not about me, but about stood out to me about this was um, any money that's or donated will be distributed evenly. So I think that's very important and something just off the top of my head that, you know, stands out. So it's not just based on one person or how much work they put in. Um, they, I'll kind of read here. They have like a little Q and a to kind of inform people what it is. Um, so it says, how are athletes involved with the WNC current UCLA football players use their social platforms to promote the club and they participate in digital events, such as meet and greets, Q and A's and interviews. The players also create and distribute exclusive content for the club, for club members, and the players have teamed up with Yoke, um, W or Y O K E, um, a gaming. What was that? The gaming, the gaming service, um, right? I don't know if it's necessarily the gaming service, but I think this answers my question as far as the platform. So it's a com complete membership platform that provides business tools for athletes to launch a paid wall, a paywalled community to ensure the digital experience experiences are ex, ex, hold on i'm trying to it's like super small print um to launch a paywall community to to ensure the digital experience are executed properly so i think that's pretty cool um again all players are invited to participate but again it's not like mandatory or anything and the club and the proceeds are split equally amongst its active participating athletes at the end of each month. Um, so there was a lot going on there, but again, it, so it, I think I know what you're talking about in terms of that gaming service, but maybe this is a little bit different. Um, but it sounds like they do have someone they're kind of working with there to help with this. And I think, I think I heard something along the lines of maybe 18% is taken out. So maybe that go 18% maybe is going to this platform just to help them kind of set that up. But so, yeah, so a lot of digital content, meet and greets. Um, there was something where if you commit $25 or more a month, um, however, you probably can go on the website and sort through that. Um, then you so those are just a basic rewards. I think what I listed um, just if you donate anything, I think you're a member of the club or, you know, it's like a monthly su subscription, um, something along those lines. But then if you donate $25 or more a month, or you commit to some period of time for a $25 or more a month, then you get a free Troy Aikman Jersey. That's all it said. I'm, I'm assuming that's a UCLA Jersey or, or who, I don't know who's making them or how they're going about that, but that's pretty cool. Um, maybe Troy, I don't know if Troy Aikman's involved in any of this. I'm assuming not, but maybe, I don't know. Um, and then if you do a hundred dollars or more a month, then sometime during the fall, it sounds like these guys are going to get together and do some sort of, um, a barbecue or a steak, uh, dinner or something like that. So some sort of dinner with the players kind of deal. So fans can interact and be involved in something like that. So I think it's a pretty cool opportunity, uh, for these guys. It sounds like there's, um, you know, they, they kind of, there's also the understanding that it is football season and football is going to come first, but, um, sounds like there's some cool opportunities for for those who are diehard UCLA fans to kind of dive in and really kind of embrace the the players um, in terms of NIL. 
So just kind of taking a lot of that in. I know that might have just kind of been a lot of stuff there, but um, just kind of your thoughts on on what the players are doing. Sounds like a Patreon or an original Patreon. intention of OnlyFans. Yeah. Only uh-huh. What what is an originally intended for? Just you could support creators and yeah. that like it pretty much sounds like an athlete Patreon situation where mm-hmm. yeah, they're just yeah you're just donating to them to support what they do. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's interesting. Like yeah, everybody evenly how that's gonna work. Um, yeah, who's like it has to be like older guys running it though, or like more in charge, or I don't know how, if they got somebody mm-hmm. outside of it. I know you said like the 18% has to go to the platform, but I don't know yeah. if that means they're not, I don't think the platform is in charge of the play. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, they're not in charge mm. of the, the players, but there probably has to be some sort of things, some sort of initiative working out. Um, I wonder if Carl Jones and Martin Andrew and Andrews who, both were they spoke to the media today they made them available and i think they were both in the video i believe so i, I, I kind of maybe want to say they may be at the forefront or maybe just in terms of like leadership or initiative to get help maybe move the ball but um yeah so, is, is it the entire roster or was it like an opt-in type thing it's like an opt-in like if you you want to be a part of it but and i think the thing that i just took away from reading some of that is like you have to actively be participating you can't just say yeah count me in fellas and then like just be big chilling on the couch while while yeah, mafia's yeah, yeah, doing yeah. a podcast so, or something you know so the that was the thing that stood out like the main guys that we know for nils the chase griffins dorian yeah. um like those guys are not a part of it they're not featured in it like and by that i mean like I haven't really necessarily gone looking for, for Chase, but I know, like, I don't think I've seen a tweet from DTR on this in particular. Obviously, that doesn't mean he doesn't support it, but yeah, but he's not a he might not be a part of that. He's not a he's probably not a part of it just because of whatever else he has going on, or if he's making already signed to make content for someone else, maybe it's, it would be hard for him to kind of do content and stuff otherwise. And then plus too, if if you're not, I don't. I'm interested to see how they go about this because it's like, and this, I'm just using DTR as an example, but it's like, oh, well, I want a meet and greet with DTR, but it's like the club is not just for meet and greets with DTR. It's with, I would assume like all, whoever all players that I have opted in players who opted in or, or scheduled, maybe they, they announced certain dates or something. Yeah. That's the thing that also confused me about this whole NIL situation. Mm-hmm. Like what, what classifies it or without it being, I guess you would say illegal in a sense of like, can an individual player have their own NIL collective where people are literally just donating or sending that individual money? You know what I'm saying? Like, would that be yeah. illegal if there was a, a donor that's like, I want to give a million dollars to DTR. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, what, no, what is, topic, is that, is you know, I'm like, is it different because it's a collective rather than an individual? I like what mm. are the parameters? Like, wh- where does compliance step in and be like, okay, this right. is the line? So, at this point, like, if a donor wanted to for this collective, they're like, oh, I want to drop five million in mm-hmm. for the boys. Like, I mean, yeah, uh, someone could drop five million in for the boys in the club, but so, well, I mean, or whoever, but I think this is, and again, I'm just, 
I, I don't know this for sure. I haven't talked to any of the players in, in person about this or, or, you know, but I would imagine it's a group of guys who maybe are interested in NIL or maybe, and I'm not saying that all these guys in the clubs don't have other opportunities. I know, I think when Carl Jones talked to the media today, he said like, he's still, he's still part of like some other group or some other kind of thing. Um, I think like Stefan Blaylock has a poster and a shirt that people can buy. Um, so they have some other things. It's not like these guys are just all looking for, for their first NIL deal thing, but I think it's just another opportunity and maybe an easier way, especially when the guys can collab together. I think we saw a lot of um, a good uh miles Jackson and Caleb Johnson doing this. I think they just had a YouTube channel and we're just making their own kind of content last year. Um, so I, I think it's just an organized kind of opportunity for the guys. And the good thing is, is while like the money doesn't like the money, you the university is not paying. They're, they're not putting money into this, right? This is a independent student led thing. Um, but they can, there's resources. A lot of the universities are doing this, including UCLA, where there's resources and it's encouraged even by the NCAA to make sure you're talking with universities to your university and there are resources to make sure everything is on the up and up to go, you know, to, um, I think to still even say, Hey, here's what I have going on just so that, um, it's known, but then also, so it can get, um, you know, maybe checked over or whatever, um, for advice and different things. So I, I would say this is all on the up and up. And I think you, USC came out with one maybe like two weeks ago as well too. Um, but I think it, obviously it's all on the up and up. Um, we asked Chip Kelly about it before the guys even announced it. And he said he was going to wait for them to announce it themselves. And, you know, that it's kind of their thing. So, again, I took that as he he obviously knows about it and what it is and doesn't have any problems with it. Like, so, again, I think, you know, and I mean, Chase Griffin's done all the NIL stuff you can do and been through it enough time that everyone, you know, there's some experts in there that, you know, this is not like the first NIL deal. Right. So that's um, what I was saying. I was surprised yeah. like the, the guys that are usually doing the NIL stuff aren't like headlining mm-hmm. this thing. Right. But I think that's the good thing though, because it gives other, it gives other guys the opportunity or it just presents like the, like getting, um, you know, get to know the team, get to know the guys. Right. Um, yeah. And so I, I think it's cool. I think it's a good opportunity. I think it's a good opportunity um, just for just for the guys. They said like 75 guys are a part of this. Again, only a few guys, um, you know, and could be featured in the video without it being too long or whatever. But I, I think it's I think it's a good thing. And, and I'm kind of excited to learn and kind of understand more. I'm sure maybe it'll kind of be a topic over the next couple um, um media sessions that we have with the guys. Um, I was kind of surprised that because uh, I was not at practice today, but I was kind of surprised Carl Jones and Martin weren't asked a little more about it. Um, it, they, it was almost like the one of the last questions they asked Martin and they kind of asked Carl about it briefly. But um, yeah, there there wasn't uh, I, I think uh, the way I think Martin laid it out was like it's it's an NIL collective. And it's just an opportunity to break the barrier between the fans and the players pretty much is the way he put it. So um, I think it could work out. I think it has an opportunity to gain some, um, to gain some traction. And I think it'll also like, you know, when fans or maybe there are some sort of sponsors that will kind of look that sign up for this club, look into to the content and maybe there's a guy that stands out to them. Right. And maybe it, it becomes an opportunity for one guy to shine and maybe, 
you know, he's still part of this club doing content and stuff like that. But then maybe it also leads to other opportunities for them. Right. So it kind of helps get some other, some other guys faces out there into the NIL world. And, um, you know, there's, there's some guys too, like you're the senior guys who maybe it's a little harder to be invested in the NIL space just because after a year or so, like what, you know, what is NIL opportunity after football? Right. So, um, We'll see. We'll see uh, how it goes and how it grows. But yeah, like I mean, like we've been saying though, like there's no reason why UCLA shouldn't be one of the top like NIL mm-hmm. spots in the country for sure. Uh, that should be getting so many opportunities and so many businesses attached to it. I mean, where they're located. I mean, I feel like SC is mm-hmm. working it a little bit harder, but I think UCLA needs to get get on that wave and push it even more and more. And yep. I think that would get us, you know more top recruits and more talent uh, so we can compete, especially when we make this move to the Big Ten. I think it's going to be a big deal. Um, and how we can sway kids is the opportunities to make yeah more money for mm-hmm. you and your family while you're in college. No doubt about it. And and it'll just kind of be interesting, again, to see how it kind of plays out. But again, it's a good way to kind of like lay out the, the platform and just Troy Aikman clicks the link wants to drop a drop a bill or something you know but you know, don't want to drop another you know <laughs> you know that's what i'm saying if he wants to he, mil. he could and split it up evenly but i think that's the other cool thing too right it's like it, it allows the opportunity to just you know you can just drop a lump sum and then you you know it's going to go evenly to the guys that are a part of this club right and it's not like you're just throwing 10 million on one guy right um or, or whatever the case may be. So I think it's pretty cool. I, I think it's a good opportunity for the guys. And I'm I'm glad that they're kind of doing that and taking advantage of that opportunity. Um, just sticking on Carl Jones and uh, Martin a little bit. Um, Martin's feeling pretty good. It sounds like when he talked to the media today, they kind of asked him and, and I meant to ask Chip Kelly about it, but we were kind of doing a whole bunch of other talking about a whole bunch of other stuff. But just for Martin, I'm pretty sure this is like his first actual camp. Um, because he's, he was injured like the last two years. So I don't even think like, this is the farthest point with, with Chip Kelly, which maybe, right. Maybe the, no, I think Chip Kelly's first year. I think he, he might've. Yeah. No, I'm telling you, Josh, the first year I was in 2019, I kept hearing about him, but he was, Oh no. You know what? That's what I'm saying. 2018. He, he he was full. He was, I think. Actually, yeah. he made it through 2019. It might have been like my first or second game, and you guys were already like two or three games in already. Um, but because he's the one where the, he got his, his a player rolled over his leg or something, and I think I kind of saw it or I saw him sitting on the field after it was during warmups, and he got like rolled on, I think, and that's how it happened the first with his first leg injury, and then he tried coming back and it happened again, I think, to the other the one, the other leg, yeah. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, maybe been, I'm wrong. It's been, I don't a, it's been a it's been a tough road, but it I has. Mean, Martin's, a, Martin's a soldier. Um, I know it. It just I know just how much it means to him and mm-hmm. how much he means to the team. I mean, mm-hmm. to the guys in the locker room and the coaches. Like Martin's a guy that you want to you want your team and you know you want to succeed. Like I said, he's a he's a happy go lucky guy. Mm-hmm. He brings he brings energy and gonna put a smile it's on your so face. So like, funny. Ah, I was telling you before we started. I was I was mad, not mad, but I was I was like disappointed that I wasn't there when he was able to talk because I was gonna say like, 
Josh, like Josh would say, like says you're like one of the funniest dudes. Like you have, like you have probably, a probably top three of my time. At UCLA, Martin's See, probably like a like a top three funny and, guy. And I gotta know. And like I, I'm the first chance I like swear that's the first question I'm gonna try and ask is like, I need to know about this personality because I would have had no idea. And part of it's just because you've been hurt. So we don't, you know, we don't get to see you a whole lot, but I I kept hearing your name, like just for everything, like wishing he was better, wish he was on the field, like in the injury report, stuff like that. So it's like, I just am so curious to know more about Martin. Um, Carl Jones is another interesting one. He's kind of uh, worked his way across most of the defense. Was he down the line? Yeah literally like was he was he like a he was a true freshman year last year or where was he at in his true freshman mm -hmm. um the he came in as a db but yeah i have the ha order i have the order if you want me to read it the way he listed I, I out think, he's bouncing I think, around i think he came he came in as a, as a db i don't know if he came early or he was around though okay and i remember the coaches were like trying to like help develop him because like you're probably gonna need him next thing mm -hmm. you know he gets moved to inside linebacker when Tyree Thompson got yes. hurt. So mm -hmm. I think that's like, yeah, maybe halfway or closer to the first game of the season. Like uh, they move in inside, inside backer. When I leave, I could mm -hmm. see, start seeing him working out to like, I don't know, his outside linebacker or like a, a strong safety he, type situation. You're correct. I'll read the time. I'll read how he laid, he laid it out and he made it out like every year he changed. Uh, positions right so he went from freshman year being safety to inside like you said inside to striker and then striker to outside and now outside to defensive end i guess or is outside defensive end no outside outside linebacker DR. outside linebacker because it, it's like a, mean, a mix right because like in, in coach in coach as defense mm -hmm. um the outside linebackers become defensive ends when the defense goes from the base Two right. nickel. So the base is three four. The nickel's like a more of a four two. And you take out your nose guard and you bump your outside line, outside linebackers down to ends. Mm -hmm. So he kind of had some experience in as his defense. If you're playing outside linebacker role, you're there's gonna be times where you're gonna be at the end. Right. But now with this defense, I mean I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, we gotta learn more about it still, kind of. So, but with the bodies. I mean, I, I, with the, with the bodies and the, the guys that they brought in, I've, I imagine it's kind of similar mm -hmm. where they have so many good, like outside linebacker DN type body guys that they're going to rotate a lot probably. And it's going to be a situation where you're yeah, on like your second and long third down situations. You just, you bring them down to DNs, but on first down, you might have an extra D lineman in to kind of bump them out a little bit. Mm -hmm. So I could I could see it being like that, but Carl's saying that he's actually a defensive end now. I don't know what defense they're running. <laughs> yeah, they're like you're practically a DN now, right? And he's like, yeah, kind of like, and it's just kind of, you know, he said, you know, he he said he's he's grateful for the opportunities been given and the different coaches he's worked with through all these different positions because, you know, he he's like he said like he's learned so many different tools and he's able to apply that and it makes him flexible, right. To, yes. to still kind of be able to bounce around into different positions. Or if someone does yeah. go down, you have a guy you can maybe still plug in and he can lean on some experience he's had in previous seasons. That's, I mean, that's how I am now. Like mm -hmm. I'm like playing now up here, 
because of everything, all the coaches and position change and like all the things that I went through UCLA, like it's helped me out. Like Mm -hmm. at UCLA, I played inside backer uh, in, you know, four, three inside backer. I played three, four inside backer. I played four, three outside backer. I played three, four outside backer. Like I said, and nickel, it bumps me down to DN. And some, in some cases I'm like a, a strong safety. Right. Or like, there's sometimes where like, there are some defense where I'm pretty much a cloud corner. Like there's just a lot of things like I'm a, in some defense, I, I was a, I was a, a high, like a middle safety. Mm-hmm. And like now in like the way the CFL is in Canadian football, like how funky it is and like all the different mm-hmm. movement stuff. Like I'm a beat. There's times where, yeah, I'm man in the slot. There's times where I'm spinning high post safety. And then there's times where I'm on the edge and I'm like, I tell my coach all the time, like, uh, like I can do whatever y'all want me to do. Yeah, much. Like I've, right. I've had experience, so it helps me. Like, okay, mm-hmm. like Josh can Josh can do all these different positions because he's he's done that, and right. Carl's going to be able to do that, which is going to be making him more marketable in the, in the league, whether NFL, CFL, yeah. pros, whatever. It's like he has a a, a build to do anything, mm-hmm. where he's athletic and strong enough to play anywhere. So teams gonna be like, okay, we need a guy that can do all these different things and yep. special teams he should be able to do it so and you don't like you don't like i'm saying as a player you don't want to be like a, a one-track player where exactly or a one-track exactly. pony where like mm-hmm. you can only play in um, a right. middle linebacker spot in this defense and you can't guard we know you spot. can we know you can blitz we know what you could do but you're never going to be in coverage because everyone knows you're you in coverage is trash or something like it just yes you and know I what i mean i've found that i feel like a lot of the linebackers across the pac 12 i think that's mm-hmm. why they have like or like west coast linebackers have thrived so much yeah because you're you're forced to do a lot more rather than guys i feel like in the east coast or like mm-hmm. the sec some of those linebackers have really usually like one job of like c ball get ball a gap or mm-hmm. cover the running back versus like when you're on the West Coast and you've had to guard running backs like Christian McCaffrey coming yeah. up with the Pac-12, or even I like was gonna Fred, say, yeah, Fred Fred Warner when he was at BYU facing mm-hmm. all the different offenses in the Mountain West, you see the way that you know like guys like that are thriving in the NFL the way it is now. I mean, I think it's only beneficiary is to be able to do all these different things. Now, is that because for just for example, and you could totally tell me if I'm totally wrong on this, but like, is it because like usually? on the East coast or like in the sec um, and in teams like Nebraska and all this, like they play big boy football with big boy linemen. And like, it's all about running the ball. Right. But out in the West coast, and this is probably pretty much what you said, but it's like when you go against Oregon and Washington has some of this, there's a lot of like speed, right? Like, is it just, you have to be a linebacker. Cause you had to like, you have to be able to get into coverage to, to get back to, for whatever speed may be coming your way for whatever different. I mean, imagine, yeah. Half the dudes in here trying to, defend chip kelly's offense for example like you have to have guys who can do a number of different things because you don't know what direction um chip's gonna go with with his play calling right yeah because uh thing when you have a when you're just running the ball and a lot of like especially mm-hmm. in the big you know big 10 like we're gonna see it a lot yeah. is when they're running those power eyes where mm-hmm. you have tight ends and fullbacks and everybody's in the box and only thing you're worried about is kind of play action off of that right which some teams in the, in the league play but once you start going spread you gotta think from your mike linebacker having to defend the run versus jonathan taylor it's exactly. a lot different than right. when you got Demetric felton at running back and mm-hmm. spread with all that space you yeah. gotta understand yeah taking you know taking on iso versus guarding guarding felt <laughs> 
yeah in, in space is like mm-hmm. you know so if you're able to do both yeah then you're winning you know mm-hmm. like eric kendricks and guys like that where like when your game can translate to every you know variation that you have mm-hmm. to go against that just makes you you know your stock higher um and another thing that you mentioned there and this was something carl was kind of asked about was like your build and and for him it was uh it was like a, it's a lot of body management right and and one thing you know and he was you know he's he was active and he was for these changes and stuff right and it was like you have to be able to accept and be willing to adjust kind of like what we talked about last week with mafi be okay with changing your body and embracing that and even if that means going from db to defensive end your body's changing and you have to get bigger right and, mm-hmm. and it and you said you went through some of that just with some of the different what positions you were having to play how important is it to have your body kind of keep up with the demand of what's being asked of you when you're moving to different positions or just as you're kind of getting older and working your way through a college system i think that's one of the most important things because um you got to think about okay me being in this position what kind of tools do mm-hmm. i need to have to be successful here and when you're working uh to down to d line or like edge Mm -hmm. you need to be explosive but you need to be strong you i think it changes when you're when you're guarding receivers you need to be able to uh run longer uh you know be fast but run for longer the the front is all about explosive explosions i mean how Mm -hmm. quick can you get you know your bursts that was one thing we used to measure i don't know if they still they probably still measure it with chip um with the gps monitors is um bursts Versus, uh, I think with the the DBs, it's um, they're measured more in velocity. So hmm. I think it's usually so like the DBs are usually like their velocity uh, and their high speed distance is like extremely high. And then the D linemen, like the amount of bursts you could have, like eighty to one hundred bursts in a practice. And then linebackers, you get a little bit of both, but it's kind of it's kind of hard. So that's how we were measured. So for are they putting for, like a sorry to interrupt you real quick, but just for just so the fans or those who are listening know like are they, they're putting like a little monitor on you guys or how are they like tracking if you if you ever see like when when they it's like a little gps monitor that's put in your in the back of your shoulder pad mm. um as long as we, we also wear a heart like we used to wear heart sharp i think uh, they still do as, as well they still and do, like i believe when we used to work out without our pads on you'll see it kind of looks like a brawl type type uh someone thing. had that on the other day yeah so that there's trackers in in those okay um so and they track yeah all your your uh all your movements mm-hmm. and stuff like that so going to a dm position you gotta think like okay i need to be stronger but i need to be more explosive so like where do i need to work on uh i'm probably gonna need my shoulders and my arms to be stronger when i'm doing my pass rush my posting up taking on blocks and things mm-hmm. like that so like your nutritionist and the strength coaches are like the key to all of that as far as like when i was coming back from my knee and i was moving from inside to outside coach as was telling me like yeah you need to put on you know more weight more weight because you're mm-hmm. going to be taking on and you're gonna be in the trenches more so i had to go from wanting to play at 225 to playing at 235 to 240 how early is he telling you that for me i made the switch probably like end of spring ball so i had from spring okay. to fall camp which is Usually that's enough time of that, you know, I've all spring workouts and some workouts mm-hmm. to like figure that out. I don't know when they told Carl, but like a lot of these, a lot of these, uh, these, like these changes, I think mm-hmm. coaches, you tell you like, you know, end of season and spring yeah. ball kind of like figure it out. Okay. Now. So you have a plan in place. Like 
like you said, like moving guys, like even like when Greg moved, I know he had to put in size and like, oh yeah, certain things he had to work with nutritious of eating more and and lifting more, um, versus like when you're at your same position, that's where you want to maintain and certain things like that. But everybody's plan is different. Gotcha. Yeah, it's um, it's interesting. And there's like there's so much stuff I feel like I'm missing. Like just in terms of the seasons coming up, there's so many things to talk about. Um, who did we? Who I'm trying to think who else we? I was just out at practice yesterday and I already forgot. We talked to Titus. Um, he's he was a transfer from UCF. Um, I I can't even try to pronounce his his last name. It's two last names and. It, I, something I have to practice on, but as a receiver, right? He's the receiver, right? And and it was kind of interesting. So he's probably going to be more of the slot guy, Kaz as well. I mean, however they're going to work, some I, we still don't have a depth chart and we don't know for sure. But he's going to be in the mix, right? And it was interesting because when we talked to him, we're like, "What was the process for you to decide on UCLA?" And he said, "The moment he went in the transfer portal, um, he like he realized like he was officially in. His name was in there." And he was working out. He was back home. He was working out. And he said the first person to call him was Chip Kelly. And that Chip had, he had Chip's number from when he was recruiting him out of high school, um, back at, at when he was um, in high school at Hawaii. And so he had his number and he, and he's from like the class of, I guess, 21. So he might've only just been at UCF for last season. And so Titus said, he answered the phone and, and, you know, Chip talked to him and said he wanted wanted him. And he said, and Titus said, these were Chip's exact words, like something along the lines of, I'm, you know, I'm reaching out again to show my interest and like, or I'm coming back around and I'm not going to lose you a second time is like something is like something along the lines that he said. And, and so he, you know, he, he looked into it, saw what Chip Kelly did with uh, DTR as a quarterback and with, with Kyle and Greg, obviously in the receiving production and just what he was getting. And he said, like, I want to be a part, I wanted to be a part of that. And he said he was kind of close to wanting to be, or he was strongly kind of considering joining UCLA the first time around. Um, but he said like some other things uh, kind of made um, some other things made UCF the best fit for him. But once he kind of saw what they were doing with Greg and Kyle this past season, he said it was, it was, it was, kind of what where he wanted to be sounds like a, a romantic love story it kind of does it really yeah, kind of does <laughs> the one the one that got away he wasn't gonna let him get away again yeah and and the thing i took away from that is like again so many people talk about chip doesn't recruit chip doesn't you know whatever like use that story there as just keep it in your mind he's he tried recruiting him in high school for he said titus said for other reasons you know he liked what chip was was offering and what he had going on but he felt another program was a better fit for him. Obviously it didn't work out or he wanted to, to try something different. Chip reaches out again, personally, and gets his guy and tells him that, you know, I, like, I want you. The way Chip is, he probably like, doesn't, hasn't forgotten to recruit. Like he probably could tell you who he was recruiting to Rhode Island. Like, yeah. you know, certain mm -hmm. things where it's like, Chip probably has that type of memory for it. He, and that's good though for him to like the 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 way the portal, like a, that means they probably have somebody just literally only recruiting portal, like keeping an eye on it every day. Probably. Yeah. And as a new name drops in or however, I, I'm kind of curious to see how the portal works or do they have it where you can filter it and say, like, here's all the new guys who joined over the last 24 hours or whatever. You know what I mean? But 
He mm. said he didn't have to wait long in the portal just to to kind of gain some interest. And the first one to call was Chip Kelly. Um, but I've always been impressed with Chip Kelly when we talk about him. Like the first, like I wasn't really familiar with Kenny Churchwell until like the middle of last season when he had to fill in for Q Lake, I think. And I'm like, tell me about Kenny Churchwell because I just don't know a whole lot about him. I couldn't point him out if he walked right in front of me. And he's like, oh, yeah. He's been here a long time. He was injured like his first year here. He got, he, he got hurt. The Me and him hurt our knees the same day. See, yeah. And he, he remembered that. And then he was like, Kenny always has a smile on his face. And like Chip started smiling, thinking He's about great, Yeah. yeah and like, kid. I'm like, and then he'll know all their history. Like when we talked, when he talked about Kaz, he's like, oh yeah. He set all these records in track in high school. No, no, no. This event, that event. And I'm like, you remember all that stuff? Like I and I I told you uh when I was coming back off my uh when I was coming back off my knee, mm-hmm. uh Chip asked me about my high school, about me playing running back. Mm-hmm. And it's like for him to watch my high school highlight tape when I was already at UCLA is crazy to me. Yeah. Yeah. It is it it's it is crazy, but there's a lot going on uh with the start of the season. We'll see how things go. Uh, that'll wrap it up for today, and we'll be back sometime very soon uh, to kind of give a little preview of what to expect for the first game. Thanks again, Josh. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.